Welcome to Front Office Pros, brought to you by the Front Office Pros, Steve and Joe. Today, we're going to be talking about Dynasty Wide Receiver Rankings and Tiers. Uh, we did the same exercise a few months ago, but we're back, uh, giving you an updated version with Rookie Wide Receivers. Before we get started, we are a new channel, so if you enjoyed this video, smash that subscribe button to show your support. Hut, hut, hike! All right, Joe, so I've got uh, 10 tiers. Uh, we'll be ranking 50 wide receivers. So starting off with wide receiver number 50 is Deontay Johnson. I am much lower on him than you and the rest <laughs> of the industry. I don't think – so will he get a touchdown or, or several touchdowns this year? Yes. I, I think what happened last year was an outlier. However, I think now – what fantasy, you know, people in the community are talking about. I almost feel like they're overcorrecting and thinking now he's going to have this, 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 you know, dominant year. First off, I don't know if the offense is going to be high powered enough. That's going to allow for him to really take that next step. I think he's good. I don't think he's great. And I think the Steelers feel that way too. He's had a lot of drop issues a lot of drop issues. I, that's, I think that's been really frustrating for the team. And I also wonder, I know you're probably going to disregard this. I know Allen Robinson was horrible last year for the Rams. They traded a seventh-round pick, I believe, for him, which was nothing. But he still has some tread on the tires. I, I think he could be in the mix uh, in that offense. You've got Firemuth. I'm a Pickens guy which is why I have Pickens right higher. I know he's more of the splashy, uh, making like unreal type of catches. I just think he has a greater potential to become that guy. I don't. I think we've seen the best from Deontay Johnson, and I wouldn't even be surprised based on the contract they gave Deontay that the Steelers move off him. And if that happens, then where does he go? So ceiling-wise, I just don't see it, and that's why I have him there. Then at 49, I've got Sky Moore. Sky Moore is a really, really tricky one to evaluate because he did nothing last season. But we know that in Andy Reid's style of offense, receivers don't typically, um, you know, really get in a groove until the following season. So this may be his time. Juju Smith-Schuster's out of there now. But that Kansas City Chief offense is really Kelsey and Mahomes. Everybody else is kind of a wild card. We even talked about it last year. Joe Mahomes was like, look, I'm going to throw it all over the yard to a bunch of different players. One guy's going to go off one week. The other one's going to go off the next week. So I just don't know how dependable Sky Moore is going to be. I think he's intriguing, um, but I just am not buying it yet. Then at 48, I got Jonathan Mingo, a rookie receiver going to the Carolina Panthers. We have to figure out who is going to break out in that group. They have a ton of middle guys. They've got LaVisca Chenault. They've got Terrace Marshall, former high um, you know, drafted rookie receivers. They've got Adam Thielen. They've got DJ Chark. They've got Mingo. So there's a lot of guys. And I think they even got Shai Smith. So there's a lot of guys that have to be sorted out. Who is Bryce Young's favorite target going to be? I do think that. Mingo does have an advantage because in this rookie minicamp time, <laughs> right now, Young, the guy that he's throwing the ball to, is Mingo. So they can start to develop a rapport. They can start developing a chemistry 
together. So I like the potential of Mingo. He's got the frame and the potential. He didn't really live up to it in Ole Miss, but I think he has the build to be good. Then 47, I've got Gabe Davis. I actually thought about rating Gabe Davis a little bit higher. I know everybody was on the hype train what? for Gabe Davis. Yeah, because everybody was on the hype train last year for Gabe Davis after the Chiefs playoff game. Everybody thought he was going to take off. Now people are like, okay, that was a mistake. He's not going to be that good. But he's going into a contract year. And we know that when players are on a contract year, they try to ball out to, so they can cash out. So to me, what's the future of the Bills? I think the Bills are going to keep Gabe Davis long term. And how many years does Stephon Diggs have left? Allen and Gabe Davis have a decent rapport. Gabe Davis was hin- injured last year. I don't know. I think he's a, he's a sleeper for me in redraft leagues. And from a dynasty perspective, I, I think I understand your reaction because of what a disappointment he was last year. I just wonder if we were a year too early on him. Um, so that's why I, I have him there. And then the last guy I got in this tier is number 46 is Jaden Reed. So another rookie going over, you know, drafted. <laughs> <laughs> I like Reed. I don't know why you're shaking your head, but I come out of Michigan State. I think he could be a really good player. Um, based on his draft profile, I, I think he could really excel in Green Bay. The question will be again, who is the receiver that breaks out of that group? We saw flashes from Christian Watson, wasn't consistent. I know you're a big Watson guy, but I, I wonder who will connect with love. There's is it Romeo Dobbs, is it Reed? Is it, is it Watson? There's a lot of vacated targets there. So I think he has a really great opportunity to shine. So Joe, what are your thoughts on my tier 10? Yeah. Well, I guess what was, I'll start with Gabe Davis. I think what was most surprising was all I keep hearing you talk about is the bills lack of a wide receiver two that they have and which that guy would be Gabe Davis. And now you're telling me he's at your high, you know, higher side of your tier 10. That's what was most shocking to me is all I hear is Bills don't have a wide receiver too. You're not sure Gabe Davis can be that guy. And yet you've got him at 47, you know, ahead of the likes of Deontay Johnson. Now I know you don't like him. I like him a lot more than you do because you're a George Pickens guy. I think that really clouds your judgment on him. He's a very solid receiver and he deserves to be, like towards the top of this tier 10, not at the bottom. Uh, so that I'll start with that. Um, and then, yeah, I, I think you got Mingo too low and Jaden Reed too high from a rookie standpoint mm-hmm. too. I like Mingo with Carolina far better than Jaden Reed. I don't, I don't really understand your love for Jaden Reed, you know, from Michigan state. I know he was a halfway decent player, but there's just so many guys in green Bay and we're hearing that Dobbs potentially is the guy with Watson I just don't know what you know room they're gonna have for him. Yeah, you mean with you mean with love, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, you hear the minicap reports. I, I hear what you're saying. I'm hedging my bets a little bit when it came to, comes to Gabe Davis. You know, and this is not a tight end discussion, but you know how much I like Kincaid. That's for well, yeah. our next video. <laughs> but when it comes, I, I just I think Gabe has the talent, and I think Josh Allen and him have had a good rapport. Uh, I do think that Ken Dorsey is to blame when it comes to the the, the offense not running at a higher clip. Um, so I, I don't know. I just I think I think he's got a lot of potential, and that's why I just don't want to overreact to what happened last year. Yeah, I think that's fair. I just I just think forty seven is kind of high. 
So going over to tier nine, I got four players in this group. At number 45, I've got Brandon Cooks. He's been the model of consistency really throughout his, his whole career. Now he's going over to Dallas, uh, which is a much better landing spot than, than last year with the Houston Texans with Davis Mills at quarterback. I think Cooks, people were talking about Cooks as being a healthy wide receiver too last year. I think he definitely can be that this year now in that Dallas offense. Uh, so I think he'll continue to stay relevant. Um, and, and like I said, he's just been a model of consistency. Then at 44, I've got Juju Smith-Schuster. He's a tough one for me to evaluate. He's been a real disappointment since you know early on in his Pittsburgh days. But I think that the Patriots are going to try to use him pretty heavily. Uh, I, I think that's kind of the reason why. There's been kind of a courting between him and Belichick, it seems like, for quite some time until it finally happened. So, you know... I don't know if we'll ever he Juju will not be what he was in Pittsburgh um, the, when he was like you know really really good with Big Ben, but I think that he has a potential to be as good or possibly slightly better uh, than where he was in Kansas City just because he wasn't the vocal point in that offense. You know, really Kelsey was he was a beneficiary of the offense, but he could become the vocal point. So that'll be interesting. Then at forty three, I've got Cortland Sutton. You know, uh, I thought Cortland Sutton was really going to come on the scene last season with Russell Wilson, and that was a disaster, as you know, as a Denver fan with Nathaniel Hackett. I'm just a bigger believer in Judy than I am Sutton. Uh, I, I could see someone going the other way around. I just think that Judy just has more juice. He has a, a greater ability to separate, and I think he's really the number one receiver uh, and I think Sutton really had some disappointing games, uh, you know, last year where he just completely disappeared. So that's why I got him at 43. And at 42, I've got Mike Evans. You know, Joe, I've been a huge fan of Mike Evans for the longest time, but it really makes a difference on who the quarterback is. Tom Brady, when he was the quarterback with Mike Evans, we're having a completely com different conversation when it comes to Evans and where he ranks on this list. But you know, Mike Evans is a, a a fly. He's a long ball guy. You know, like he he gets the the deep deep passes and brings them in for touchdowns. I don't know if Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask are, have the ability to do that on a week in week out basis. So I think that Godwin is a better fit for for their style of play. And so I think my I, I'm kind of at this point. I mean, I think most people. I, I don't think it's a surprise. Most people are avoiding Mike Evans. I'd say at this point, uh, I can't see why anyone would be trying to buy low unless possibly they trade him. But it seems like he could be a Buccaneer for life um, until he retires. So that's what I got for tier nine. But thoughts on on that group, Joe? Yeah, I mean it's interesting. It's uh you know some of your more older veteran players, um, you know guys changing teams like Brandon cooks and Smith Schuster becoming more relevant. You know, I, I think Smith Schuster, you make a good point. I think he could be a lot better with the Patriots. You know, he can't truly, I think he's shown that he can't be the focal point in the offense. I mean, his production went down when he was the number one guy in Pittsburgh, you know, he fared better when they had Antonio Brown and he could kind of play that slot role. So being that they have Devonte Parker and gave him the extension, you know, I think that actually helps, and uh, he could he could be a lot better. I'm actually I, I think you could make the case for Cortland Sutton to even be lower on your list. Honestly, mm -hmm. um, 
I, you know, he was disappointing, but the whole Denver Bronco offense last year was a complete disaster and disappointing as a whole. But I almost wonder, I honestly think that Tim Patrick is better. Um, and he's, and he's back. I mean, other than that 2019 season that Sutton had when he had his thousand yard season made it to a pro bowl, you know, he's been really disappointing. Um, and I just don't know if he's ever going to get back to that caliber that he was. That's interesting that you say that when it comes to Sutton, just because, I mean, I know he recovered from, I believe an ACL injury, um, and has really tried to fight back from there. But like you said, he may not come back to that old form. Yeah, I really don't think he can. You know, I, I we'll see how Tim Patrick comes back from this, but he's actually just been the more productive player, you know, uh, up until losing out last season with the ACL. So it'll be interesting how he comes back. But if he comes back playing to how he was prior, um, I think Tim Patrick could potentially, you know, hurt Sutton's production. So heading over to Tier 8 at number 41, I've got Marquise Hollywood-Brown. He has been a good player in the league. I don't think he can be a number one receiver in the league. And now he's in an offense with Arizona that we don't even know when Kyler Murray is going to play. And we don't even know if Kyler Murray will end up being the quarterback. (laughs) Honestly, the following season, I know the contract is is very restricted, but if the Cardinals want to move away from him, the Cardinals are going to move away from him, Uh, especially if they have the number one pick in the draft, which is, you know, we've talked about that as a, is it definitely an interesting possibility for them? Uh, so I just I'm not that excited about him. Uh, you know, I just don't I just don't see the ceiling for him. And that's why I have him as a low end tier eight guy. Then number 40, I've got Brandon Ayuk. <clears throat> you know, I, he's a guy I've always been kind of down on. Uh, you know, I just um, that offense, I don't feel like is high powered enough, volume based enough that Ayuk can really be a vocal point of, of the offense. You've got Debo, you've got Kittle, you've got McCaffrey. So you're talking about him being at least the fourth option in that offense. And if you're a fourth option for an offense, how high can you really rate a player? So A and plus, I don't even know what his future holds. I'm not positive that the Niners will be able to retain his services. I think he could be on the move and being a free agent as well. Then at number 39, I've got Zay Flowers. I really like Zay Flowers. From a draft profile standpoint, I had him rated as one of the best receivers in this in this you know class of rookies. Really disappointed where he went. I don't like the fit in Baltimore. I know people are really excited about Lamar and they're ready to say that he's just gonna take the league by storm. And it's totally possible that he could, but I need to see it to believe it. Uh, you know, we haven't seen him, we haven't seen him done do that. I mean, he's been able to support Mark Andrews as a fancy tight end, but he really hasn't been able to support a wide receiver one. I know he's got Beckham Bateman and now Flowers. I like Flowers' potential. I just don't really like the fit. Then at 38, I've got Michael Pittman. He's another guy, you know, that I am really mixed on. It'll be interesting to see what the rapport is between him and Anthony Richardson. And he's going to be going into a contract year. So I'll be curious to see whether or not the Colts end up retaining him or not. Does he fit Shane Steichen's uh, offensive mold of what he's trying to do in Indianapolis? Uh, I think he's been a good player. I thought that he took a step back. Um, but, you know, that offense in general took a step back. Uh, so it's hard to really blame him. Um, but just I don't – that ceiling to me is not there. Uh, and, and that's why I have him lower. 
And then at 37, the last guy I got in this tier is DeAndre Hopkins. You know, he has been a bona fide elite wide receiver one during most of his career with the Houston Texans and the Cardinals. But the landing, the rumored landing spots for him are the Titans and the Patriots. And that doesn't excite me at all. Unless something changes, which I feel like he's holding out because he really doesn't want to go there. It's really hard to figure out a place to put him in this rankings. Uh, but Joe, what are your thoughts on my tier eight? Yeah, you know, uh, just off the cuff here, I'm really surprised you have Hopkins as high as you do. Um, you know, I, I think he kind of fits more in your tier nine category with some of those other veteran receivers you got there. Um, you know, we just haven't seen him being able to play at the high level because he's been injured. And then based on those offenses he's going to go to, they're not really high powered passing offenses. So, you know, I much prefer pretty much every guy on this list over DeAndre Hopkins um, you have in tier eight. So I, I'd have him lower probably in tier nine. Um, you know, I, I like Ayuk more than more than you. I think as long as uh, Brock Purdy's the quarterback, you know, I think uh, I'd have him higher on my list. Uh, you know, him and Purdy really seemed to have a rapport last year, and I disagree. He wasn't the fourth option in that offense with Purdy. It was actually kind of Debo Samuel took the back seat in the offense, um, you know, with McCaffrey, and he was actually one of the more focal points, and his targets really increased towards the end of last year. So that does it for our wide receiver rankings with tiers. Uh, if you enjoyed this video, uh, you can like it. Uh, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And go ahead and put a comment below. Uh, you know, Do you agree or disagree uh, with uh, my rankings that I put in there? I'll probably get some tomatoes my way, I'm sure. Uh, but that's a part of the process. Uh, that's what I have as my rankings. And Hopefully you can compare and contrast uh, with others out there in the industry uh, to help inform you on uh, how you're going to uh, construct your dynasty teams. Uh, but thank you so much for watching and until next time.